Our friends at 13 make high-quality, super comfy clothes that fit wicked noise. I'm telling you, everything that I've ordered for them is fantastic. It looks great. It feels great when I put it on. Our friends at 13 are so kind and nice that if you go to their website, thur13en.com, pick yourself up a hoodie, a hat, a shirt, Use the code word CoreyCast at checkout, and you're going to save yourself a little bit of cash. I can't tell you how much I love their stuff and how great those people are that work there. So pick yourself up. Treat yourself. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Detroit Boxing Company. They're a clothing brand that focuses on quality and comfort. I have a few of their shirts, and they are comfy as hell. And not only are you going to look great, but I swear when I put my shirt on, I can throw my jab cross hook way better. Maybe that's just the placebo effect, but I swear it looked way better. If you want to learn more about the company and what TJ has been putting together, you should listen to episode number 36 of the podcast. I had a chance to talk to him about his motivations and what inspired him to start the company. He's a wonderful dude, and what he's putting out is great. So be sure to check out their website at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. And at the checkout, make sure you use the word CoreyCast, all one word, no E, C-O-R-Y-C-A-S-T, and save yourself 10% at checkout. It's time to treat yourself. One of the first seminars I ever went to was at a place called Dojo One in Utica. It was ran by a great guy named Lenny. And I met our guest there because I partnered with him. He was a southpaw and he was a guy of my stature. He's a smaller guy. If you do jujitsu, you know it's it's tough being a smaller guy because you really have to be on point with your technique and your strategy. And Mike has always been smooth with his technique. If it was striking or grappling, he always excelled in martial arts. He excelled so much that he recently opened up his own school, his own martial arts school. And it's just really cool to see how, like, how happy he is and how much he's thriving and how he's taking a really smart business approach to it all where he's slowly dipping into the water, slowly building on top of the schedule that he has already. Just, I just... Really thankful martial arts introduced me to Mike because you'll see why he's such an awesome, awesome human being. And I can't wait to check out his school in the future. So here is my friend, Mike Karam. Um, uh, my name is Mike Karam. I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under uh, Lansonia, and um, I recently started a school about a year and a few months ago, MK Martial Arts. It's uh, located in Marcy, New York, and uh, it's been growing pretty well since. Uh, well, how really long happy. were you training with Lenny? Um, time, 10 right? years. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I started training uh, Jiu-Jitsu. I never did anything as far as Jiu-Jitsu or any kind of um, other martial art like that. Um, I started with Len at 24, so to get yeah, 10, 12 years ago. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a bunch of wrestling buddies of mine from high school. They were like, you know, Hey, we're training with this guy out in Marcy, you know, you should come try. You might be really good. Cause I was a, a relatively good wrestler back in high school. And once I graduated high school, I kind of really didn't do anything as far as like martial arts go. Uh, so it was, they say, Hey man, you know, come try it out. So it was just like, okay, let's see what this is all about. So I just go in there one day and, and, and the story is like most people, like I went in there and this guy that was like maybe 20 pounds smaller than me. You know, swat me, choke me out a few times, and I was like, "Holy shit!" You know what I mean? I felt kind of natural doing it because I mean, it's it's very akin to wrestling. I mean, it's grappling, so I kind of felt like, "Oh yeah, I could do this. This is kind of like wrestling." And then, you know, in particular, it was Joel back in the day, man. He was just like murdering <laughs> people, like left and right. So um, he was like the first person I rolled with that I was like, "Holy shit!" Aside from Len, of course, like you know what I mean. But like, I was like, "Oh, Len's the black belt, of course." I'm supposed to, you know, what I mean, get smoked by him. You yeah, know, I yeah. think Joel was like Joel's like a blue belt at the time when I started. And just, man, the way he would sweep me, the way he would, like, guillotine me, just, I felt like that was a baby. Uh, and so, and wild, right after that, yeah, literally the, that, that day or maybe the next day, I was like, okay, let's do it. And uh, I started my membership, and, and I was, like, gung-ho about it because I felt like I kind of, like, I was missing that little thing. Like, I was in the gym from 18 or 19 or so to, like, 23, 24. I just became, like, a gym rat. Like, I was like, I was like I'm not doing martial arts, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm too old for that. You know, that was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was yeah, like I think uh, just a lot of people's impression. People think oh, like yeah. when you say you're into martial arts, 
I feel like a lot of times I get the answer. Oh, my niece is a black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, well, a little different, but uh, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's where my, my martial arts journey started was when I was a kid. So, you yeah. know, I did martial arts, but no grappling art. It was Taekwondo. Never like, grappling. Style. Yeah. Never any kind of grappling. Strikes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, my uncle had a school when I was a kid and, and at the time it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you yeah. know what I mean? And so my family was all into that stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to do it. Uh, so we jumped in six years old. I jumped right into doing uh, like Taekwondo and his school was like, like really, really traditional. Like it was almost like a military style. Oh yeah. Taekwondo, whereas like everybody's lining up attention, you know, got to have good posture, chin up. He would go around, check everybody's nails and oh, like wow. make sure your gi was like, you know, crisp. And if it, if you had like little long, long nails or something like that, or your gi wasn't like perfect, knuckle push, knuckle push, no, 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 knuckle push-ups. Oh. You know, get down, knuckle push-ups yeah. on your knuckles, on the bear. I think it was carpet back then. It was like thin carpet. Knuckle yeah. push-ups, you know, however many of them. And then he, you know, he'll pull you a little bit. And the next time you would, you know, make sure, you know what I mean? So like nowadays that would be like harsh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. that is, I think, what really set me off in the right direction as far as just my, 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 like my, I don't know what the word is. Just my, uh, determination dedication, my determination respect just you know hard work all, all those little tenants that they really really uh build in the in taekwondo yeah and, and all, all martial arts taekwondo for i did it from six to probably 12 uh, 12 mm. or 13 so i got my my black belt junior black belt you know what i mean yeah um and um and that was kind of the age where like junior high school right so like 13 you're going to junior high school so now it's kind of like maybe get made fun of a little bit for doing martial arts, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know as a kid. So, uh, so I kind of, you know, I, you know, kind of took to me, you know, I got in my own head. So I stopped doing Taekwondo and, um, I was like, no, I just want to do like regular sports, you know? So I got into like, uh, I, I played football, you know, my whole life I always played football. So I was like, okay, fall season. And you jumped into football or uh, wrestling too. Well, that's, that's, that's where I was getting at. So I'd never done again, no kind of grappling before. So I do football in, in, uh, the fall, right? Come winter sports. Okay, winter sports, uh, basketball, wrestling, you know, whatever else. There. So I go, oh, basketball. My cousins play basketball. I want to play basketball, right? You know what I mean? Because I just <laughs> want to do everything that my other cousins wanted, you know, did. So yeah. I tried out for the basketball team and I didn't make the team. I wasn't very good at basketball, but, you know, I may play. I think it's life, also, but... it's probably due in part, Mike. We are the same size. I'm five, six. Yeah. <laughs> so I was probably at that you age. You can't be by an inch and a half, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, so, you know, I was like, okay, I didn't make the, the, the basketball team. So what do I do now? Oh, you know, I find I found out that I had an old cousin, uh, my mom's cousin back in the seventies was a state champ for New Hartford wrestling state champ, their, their first state champ, Charbel Karam, uh, or Karak, excuse me. Uh, so I said, oh, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll try wrestling. You know I mean? You don't have to try out for the team because New Hartford didn't have that many people that wanted to wrestle. So I was like, you made the team. Cool. Awesome. Congratulations. So I, Funny enough, like, I just took right to it. Like, it, it, yeah. for some reason, it was just really natural to me. And you know, seventh grade, I was like, you know, fifty. You know, uh, you know, I, I think I was like six and six or something like that. Like six wins, six losses. But then, seventh grade, you know, I worked all through the summer and I really dedicated myself to getting extra training in outside of the season. And my second year of modified, um, actually, no, I remember good. I did decently well enough in my first year of modified that the junior varsity varsity coach wanted me to just go right to junior varsity or varsity in eighth grade. And he had a lot of kids do it. He had a lot of kids doing that, you know, back in the early 2000s in wrestling. Like they would start doing varsity at seventh grade. But these are kids that have been wrestling since they were six. You know, yeah, they, right. they, they, they stud, you know, these stud six-year-olds that are now like national champions, you know, Troy Nickerson yeah, yeah. kind of people. Right. Um, so I had only been wrestling for a year. So I was like, I don't think I'm, I'm ready to do that. I was nervous and scared. So yeah. I said, no, let me do modified again and get my feet a little bit more, you know what I mean? And a little bit more of use to it. And then in, in ninth grade, I'll start. But um, in my eighth grade year, I ended up going undefeated and modified. And then at the end of the season, I was like, you know, yeah, that's should I, nice. should I have, you know, should I have like, pushed myself in doing it? You know what I mean? Maybe I would have had more experience at the varsity level. I would have been even better than I became by the time I was a senior. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's the past, but um, right. so, you know, I had a decent career going into uh, high school, um, you know, enough to where I would want to wrestle for college, but my academics really didn't uh, meet up to the standards of, of most schools. So I'm not getting any kind of uh, wrestling scholarships at like the, the D3 oh, level. Right. That's kind of where I was looking at. So I had to get my grades up a little bit. So 
it didn't end up working out as far as uh, the wrestling in college goes. So, but when you went from wrestling in high school to Lenny's mats, it's a kind of a two-part question. Yeah. What was the similarity between jujitsu and wrestling, and what was the big difference between the two? Uh, the the similarities is just obviously like the proximity, just you know being like this close to somebody, you know, having their face in your face. Like I, I was used to that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. when I was on top, I understood how I understood how to pin somebody down. You know, back then I understood the uh, the understanding of an underhook. You know, what I mean, like when you're trying to pin somebody inside control, you gotta make sure you have that underhook. It's very similar to you know uh, half Nelson. You know, and when you turn somebody over, you know, have your arm underneath theirs and your head wrapped around your arm wrapped around their head, and that's how you get a pin. You know, what I mean, so the, the familiar aspect of okay, somebody's on top, somebody's on bottom. You know, I gotta hold this guy down. It was very familiar, um, but like most wrestlers, you know, being on my back. Or being yeah, being on my back, being in some kind of a guard was like scary. You know, not, yeah, it was scary. It's just that you know, your 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 natural reaction as a wrestler is to turn to your knees so you can get back to your feet so you can escape. You know what I mean? Or you know, and that's your natural reaction. And you learn really quick as a wrestler. You know, you give up your back. You know, the hooks come in, and now you got some guy you know on your neck. And you know, if you don't know what to do from there, most of the time you yeah, get right. choked out. <laughs> right, especially when you start. And for there's some people who, like us in the jujitsu world, know that typical like the stereotypical dude that walks in off the street but is like a division one wrestler yeah, who is yeah. so good at everything but if you take his back and choke him he, he yeah. panics right because yeah, he just doesn't yeah. know what to do in that for sure and there's just natural instincts that it takes a little time for your brain to hardwire differently like those yeah. instincts stuff like you know you don't necessarily have to keep your chin down for wrestling like if anything you want your chin up so you can you know have like better posture um so again little things like that um, you know, posting your hand on the mat, you know, to, to prevent a sweep. Sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes it opens you up for other attacks. Um, but, but yeah, we're just overexerting your, um, your forward pressure. You know, right. wrestling, you can overexert your forward pressure because eventually they're going to turn to their belly, you know, because they don't want to get taken down. But with jiu-jitsu, that guy doesn't care about being on his back. So he's going to use that energy and, and, and sweep you. And I think you're starting to notice, and nowadays in, like, uh, collegiate wrestling, you're starting to see a lot more, like, funky styles of wrestling and I think it might have a little something to do with kind of the jujitsu culture kind of getting mixed into wrestling. That yeah, kind of like a, that flowy kind of, or that funky style of wrestling, they call it. Like yeah. I think it's like a little bit of a mixture of, uh, of jujitsu starting to kind of come around. Um, Coming to um, blend into a little bit of wrestling. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah nice. absolutely. Because the two go really hand in hand together, especially yeah. if you want to build like a good base for jujitsu. Wrestling is fantastic. hundred uh, percent. When you went to Lenny's school, what was it about it? I feel like, I probably already know the answer, but what was it about it that made you still keep wanting to come back the next day to jiu-jitsu? Um, I mean, maybe it was just myself. Maybe like, hey, this is something that I'm not good at yet, but I know I can be. Um, just so my own determination and getting better. And it, like I said before, it kind of gave me that little fix that I felt like I was missing when I used to wrestle in high school. You know, you get that little endorphin rush, uh, that little like, that that, that mano mano kind of battle you know what i mean that's that's yeah. kind of primal you know what i mean yeah. um and so i got that out of wrestling you know what i mean there's nothing I, there's really nothing like wrestling like you're out there you're by yourself or grappling you know in, in jiu-jitsu and you're, just these grappling arts judo you know sambo it's you it's somebody else and that's it yeah you know it, you know it's whoever has the best it, exactly best you know playing t- playing team sports is awesome you know what i mean like learning you know teamwork obviously communication strategy in that form but you can almost always like, uh, you know, like have a scapegoat. Like, oh, we would have won, but this guy he dropped the ball or he missed right, the right. this or missed the that. Uh, nobody to blame on the mat. You know, that's it. Yep. You are there. You win or you don't win. There's nobody you can say, oh, you know, uh, whatever. That's that's what I think I love the most about it, and that's what I think kept coming me back was, hey, there's this. There's just something in me that has been missing for a long time and jujitsu starting to fill that void. It might've yeah. been something else. You know, it could have maybe not been jujitsu at the time. Had I, you know, found something else at that exact time, maybe it would have, you know, your life would have been a lot different, but that's like anything. It's just, right, uh, right. Yeah, you know. exactly. And how have you like remained so into jujitsu? Cause a lot of people fall off. Like there's yeah. the common trope is after you get blue belt, you stop training. Right. Yeah, because people yeah, yeah. just don't feel as inspired. How do you find inspiration yeah. even 12 years after, doing jujitsu um i mean it, a lot of it becomes the the people that you train with they become your friends too you know mm-hmm. so like yeah. outside of jujitsu i've been doing it for 12 years outside of jujitsu i can't say that i have too many people that i i'm in contact with 
aside from my family, you know what I mean? Right. You know, there's, I don't have too many friends that I hang out with all the time that aren't into martial arts. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know what I mean? Now I have a family and everything like that. So, you know, most of the time it's just around my family, but even in my small circle of people outside of my immediate family, they all do martial arts, whether they, they're a kickboxer, whether they do jujitsu or whether That's they really wrestle. Cool. Yeah. And so it just, you know, as you're into something, you meet cool people. And then you kind of develop your own community where it's like, that's another reason that keeps you coming back. Yeah. So. Cause you want to see, see your yeah. friends. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. There's a, and there, there, you become intimate in a way with a lot of your training partners, because like how, who, who else in your life are you in that kind of proximity with? It's, it's weird, right? Because you know? we don't talk about that very much because that is not, yeah. <clears throat> that's that. And I had somebody say to me in my, uh, in my Thai class the other day, they said, oh, we got to take our socks off. I don't know any other place that where I take my socks off. So <laughs> socks off, that's a big one because people are yeah. like are weird about their feet. And two, yeah. you're literally like this close to somebody and you've only yeah. been this close to somebody that's maybe yeah. your girlfriend, boyfriend, exactly. dad, exactly. grandma. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's yeah. it's a interesting sport. Yeah, that's what that is. And when I talk to people that have never done anything before, my, and, and, like and no grappling, when they come into you know my school, they have their first day, they have never done anything like that. You know, maybe they'll ask me like, you know, what what should I what, what should I work on first? I, you know, and I usually tell them like, just get comfortable being close to someone. Yeah. Just get comfortable with that kind of proximity, so that if somebody's that close to you, you don't just automatically become hyper alert, like 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 nervous, like something. You know what I mean? Like, if you can stay cool when somebody's this close to you, you know, it, it might not be their face, it might be their hand or or their foot, or you know what I mean, just being in those really uncomfortable situations. That's the first hurdle. You know, I mean, forget about techniques and everything like that. If you if you shut down the second somebody is this close to you, you know how are you gonna how are you gonna defend yourself? How are you gonna make the correct reaction or you know what I mean or apply a certain technique? So um, that's usually the first hurdle that people get over is just being really close to somebody or having somebody on top of them, have somebody grab them or or you know uh, that that they don't know uh, intimately. Um, yeah, it's so. it's a it's a reminder for me because I forget how little human contact usually people have and then somebody will watch like uh like we have shark tank on sundays at thai guy where it's all purple belts and above i miss it dude dude i miss it so much dude we gotta we'll get you back there whenever Uh, i miss it so much well sundays sundays i teach you not to get off topic but sundays i uh, teach a women's class 11 a.m so -hmm. we do a women's only class at 11 a.m so kind of put the kibosh on that but um but man those those were the Best rolling sessions, man. I feel that when I got my purple belt, man, the next week I was there, yeah. and that's what really helped my game get, uh, you know, better. Yeah, you know, it was that yeah. fire that you need. You know, at, at every level, you need that fire. You need to be put in that oven that cooks you that that steel harder. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, right. You know, that, that, what's like, the word for it? Not to like. Uh like brag but when you're rolling with a white belt you can kind of like control them a lot and if yeah. if i'm going to a regular class i can kind of control how the roll goes sure. but when i come to shark tank there is no control i roll yeah. with chris yeah. roach black belt dennis yeah. black belt steve over in black belt then i have big ed i roll yeah. with which is yeah. he just is he throws me around and he's he's very nice about it though. <laughs> yeah 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 he's the, the crazy mike is a black belt and yeah. all these guys are like yeah 120 pounds bigger than me yeah yeah i cannot control shit when Dude, I, I was there yeah, i was there <laughs> you i felt great when like i would get like guys like dicky like you know what i mean like oh finally it's like uh, dicky's a monster you know well, what wait, I mean? but, a monster dude but dicky's a monster I was like okay finally somebody at least my size ish like you give me somebody within yeah. yeah, you talk yourself into like when you grapple, you're like, oh, finally someone my side, and then you're like, Dicky, how much do you weigh? Dicky, like, yeah, one eighty five. Oh, you still got thirty pounds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm walking around like one forty five now. It's just I thought actually I thought it was gonna be heavier because of how little training I was doing during COVID. Like I was like, oh shoot, I'm like I'm definitely one sixty. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you know, but luckily I, I was able to keep myself relatively. You got one forty five. 145 now i was actually kind of surprised the first time i stepped on a scale was like forever i probably didn't step on a scale for two years during covid and uh, i just stepped on the scale probably like a few weeks ago but granted i've been you know teaching for over you know over a year now so i'm a lot more active than i was in, yeah you know may of 2020 but right i guess you're never that you're, you're right you know what i mean like even a guy your size can still yes. make you feel like you're way smaller than you are right or right. they're way bigger um, and I yeah, think i'll have people come up to me at Taikai that are like other smaller framed people. And they'll ask me like, how do you, 
how do you plan to grapple the big guy? What would you say to that person who's same body type as us? How, what uh, is your game plan? I mean, definitely get comfortable being on bottom. Uh, definitely get comfortable being on bottom. I mean, you know, if you can get on top, you know, great, obviously. But get comfortable being on bottom. Really got to really focus on keeping yourself shelled up. You know, frames really, really strong, right? Don't overexert yourself. You know, the overexertion is going to obviously open you up for uh, a pass or, you know, a submission. So especially when you're going with a bigger guy, you know what I mean, and, and you're maybe less experienced, really, really bring everything down to defensive level. You know what I mean? Don't try to, don't try to you know, overpower the person, obviously. Uh, you know, just focus on being more defensive. You know what I mean? And, and you can do that any, with anybody. You can do it with any level, you know what I mean? But, but you see too many people try to, you know, Try to submit the the higher rank, or try to submit the better. You know, have a have a a goal for every person that you roll with. Okay, this guy he's a lot better than me, and he's bigger. So I'm gonna just not worry about getting on top. I'm just gonna focus on not letting it pass my guard. Or if he does pass by, the only thing I'm worried about is is getting my guard back. You know, when you're trying to, like I said, you're trying to submit somebody, you're gonna open yourself up for other attacks. Okay, so if you, that's your focus, great. But if you're going against a bigger guy who's a lot better than you. You just got to really focus on the defense 100%. It's easier said than done. You're going to be the nail. You're going to be the nail. It, you know what I mean? It's part of the it's part of the journey. You know what I mean? You're going to get that. You're gonna, yeah, you smash, and then eventually somebody new is going to come in, and then you're going to feel like more of the hammer. Uh, yep. But um, <laughs> I always tell people, yeah. I always just tell them, let, like, let shit go and just uh... – like you said, go and be okay that you're going to be in a defensive position. Yeah, yeah, and eventually you get better. Yeah, am, I ever, am I ever going to sweep Big Ed? Probably, probably not. not. Yeah, probably not. But, and then if you, if you do, you're always going to be like, hey, let me sweep him or something. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you can always fall back on. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. They say that you know, when you're you know, when you, your professor, like, did I actually submit him? Did I actually sweep him? Did I actually, you know what I mean? And nobody will ever know. Nobody will yeah. ever know. Yeah. When um, you were training at Lenny School, how many days a week were you devoting to training? Man, I, I felt it felt like it was every day, man. I mean, aside but you from also, there, this is also different lifestyle, Mike. Right? Exactly, this is, exactly. This is different single, single working at the time. I think uh, so, 2010. So I was working for my family restaurant. Um, so I, you know, pretty much made my own schedule. I worked more of the early morning to lunch. You know what I mean? So I was out, out of work by three o'clock, and. Um, and so, you know, class is at 5.30, 6 o'clock, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like, okay, I got nothing else going on, no girlfriend, no kid. So yeah. get out of work, you know, go train every day, every day. And so, yeah, it had to have been six days a week I, I was training. I mean, it might have been seven sometimes. If, I can't remember that long ago, but um, it had to have been six, seven, eight. And then uh, also at the time I got into, like, CrossFit. Um, so, oh, that's right. I forgot you were yeah. in the CrossFit for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a couple of years, maybe a year or two. Yeah, two years into um, into training. I probably got into CrossFit, I think, yeah, 2012. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of going back and forth. So maybe I was doing like six days jujitsu and one day CrossFit or, you know, five and two, whatever, like some kind of combination. Some days I would do probably CrossFit and then go work, you know, go train afterward. Um, right. So I was gung ho with uh, just getting fit and, and, and yeah. being a good martial artist. Um, and so pre-baby pre-married man sure of course different lifestyle yeah now that you have like made that transition how have you adjusted so you could still keep jujitsu in your life uh i mean as far as it is now like a business well yeah now it's your business right now yeah now it's a business so it's it's you know earning earning my income and earning my lifestyle so i still have a job on the side um so when i first started the school i had a full-time job you know 45 hours a week in sales um, so I was doing mainly early, early morning AM classes. So we would do like a 6.30 AM when I first started the program, it was 6.30 AM, three days a week. And, and that's what I started my, my, my original crew in. So, it, you know, it was wake up five, 5.30, you know, drive to the school, set up the mats, train, break the mats down, wipe them down, shower, go to work. Yeah. So I did that, you know, three days a week as far as training, but I was working every day, Monday through, uh, Saturday. Um, so it was just waking up early in the morning and adding it to the list of things for me to do. Um, so it was a struggle for a little while. You know, I got used to it now. Uh, and now that I'm a little bit more into the school, it's kind of starting to grow. I've stepped back a little bit from my job. So now a part-time. Are you starting to like, I was going to ask if you started yeah, like yeah. off the other job. Yep. 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 So now I go, you know, part-time. And so with the time that I've gotten, 
from joined to part time, I've added more classes, uh, you know, more programs. Uh, so that's the that's the the transition that I really wanted was just slowly weaning my way away from the nine to five, and then at the same time building up Your business. Um, my my business. You know, not just membership wise, um, but like different programs. So you know, you know, women's program started off, and then I had the PM program added on to it. So. Now I'm just kind of adding the things that I was missing for the first year while I was figuring out the transition period. Yeah. When, now that you have made the transition from just training, not having to worry about a school to now running your own school, how, how has that affected the way that you think about training or you approach training? Um, uh, yeah, good question. I don't really know how much it, I mean, it's just one more thing to think about. I mean, now you're not only, you're not only, the instructor, but you're also the the person that you know that might be a potential member. You know what I mean? Yep. So you know, what I mean, I have to take it. You got to put a little bit more effort into you know meeting the people. You know what I mean? You got to you got a little bit more. You know what I mean? Talk to the person, get to know them, rather than just feeling like, okay, I'm just a jujitsu instructor. Uh, this is the technique for the day. This is what we're drilling. You know, all right, guys, See have a good day. See you later. You know what I mean? So because again, if it's if you're just the instructor, then if they you know come back for another class, it's you know, I mean, it's not really that doesn't affect you. You know what I mean? You're right. you're still getting, you know, and however, whatever you got, you worked out, you get paid, you know, to teach this class. OK, so yeah. if you're still getting paid the same amount to teach the class, regardless of that new member signs up or doesn't. Just now it's you have to think about more broadly. Yeah. Retention, like you know, member retention. You know what I mean? You know how that person is going to tell somebody else about their experience. You know what I mean? So now yeah. it's just it's just the next layer in, um, you know, going that transition from just being a, a jujitsu practitioner or an instructor to being a business owner. Um, right. and, and when you, do you have like your own designated building that's your jujitsu gym or are you renting a space from a yeah. larger place? Yeah. So, uh, Mohawk Valley wellness is the facility that I rent space from. It nice. is uh, where, where I started CrossFit, you know, so many yeah. years ago. So I started off as like a oh, CrossFit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It started off as a CrossFit garage. You know what I mean? So, you know, whatever, a few hundred square feet. And then, Eventually, he grew to a really big facility. Uh, the guy, the, the the owner, John, he's actually a student of mine. So it kind of all circles back around. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So, you know, I met him in 2012 when he was running the business, you know, and I became a student of his in CrossFit. And then so many years later, he got a jiu-jitsu. He got a jiu-jitsu also. And then, um, and then the pandemic happened and jiu-jitsu kind of shut down. And then, like, that's – I've always wanted to have my own school. It's been yeah. a dream. I said, literally since Blue Belt. Yeah. Since Blue Belt, I remember having the dream of I'm going to have my own school one day. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, when I got my black belt, literally two weeks later, COVID shut everything down. Two weeks later. So I got my black belt in March of 2020 and COVID, you know, shut everything down mid, mid-March or something like that. So there might have yeah, been a week. Good. There might have been like a week overlap when I was training with my black belt. Yeah. Um, so shut everything down. So, you know, then, you know, it's like, you know, shit, I can't train anymore. You know what I mean? It, it made me feel like, you know, everybody's job could be gone. You know what I mean, if it's not their business, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, because right, a lot right. of people got fired from their job because they couldn't have the overhead. Luckily, it wasn't, that wasn't the scenario that I was in. Luckily, you know, the job that I had was, you know, was uh, really secure with. But it just kind of made me realize that, hey, man, if I, if, if I don't have something of my own to fall back on, you know, if I need to, yeah. then, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there was no better time to do it. No better right. time to do it. So um, uh, during during COVID, once everything kind of started to open back up a little bit, um, I was doing uh, small little group sessions with a few guys. So yeah. we, we would gather once a week. You know, I mean, we'd be like, you know, 10 bucks, you know, bring 10 bucks and, and, and yeah. we'll train together. It was a small group of people. And then um, as things opened up more and more, it became, you know, oh, now we got four people. Now we yeah. got five. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, you know what I mean? So I was like, I've always wanted to open up my school. If this was not, the, you know, I mean, I wasn't at the time. Yeah. It was just perfect. You know, what I mean, it just started off as some semi-private lessons, and yeah. then, and then it was like, hey, you know, I got my buddy. You know, he he wants to try it out too. And then, like, I ended up sitting down with uh, John, the owner of Mohawk Valley Wellness, and uh, again, he's one of my students. He was one of the guys I was doing semi-privates with, and he's like, you know, you know, you've always talked about your own school, man. You know what I mean? You know, if you want, you let me know, and I'd be happy to rent you some space. You know, and he had nice. just spot in the back uh, awesome. where it was just a, an old uh, warehouse from the previous business. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's not doing anything. You know what I mean? It, it may, they were doing like some kids classes there once in a while, but it wasn't anything like really structured. 
Yeah. So, you know, we sat down, came up with a business plan, and came to an agreement, and that's when I kind of went on, you know, started the LLC, did the whole process of, you know, getting my business started. And, wow. um, and uh, yeah, it was just... You know, it's of, COVID turned a lot of people away from wanting to start their own business. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, were like, screw that. I don't want to yeah, have that yeah, overhead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of looked at it the other way around. That's why I respect about you. That's really yeah. cool. Appreciate it, man. I mean, luckily, I, I, you know, I worked hard for many years and I was very smart with, you know, my finances to where like I could, I could start this business and I didn't have to take out these massive loans. Like, you know what I mean? I, you know, yeah. I, I started small and little by little, I built my mat space up and, and then you didn't you know, have to take out a massive loan. I didn't have to take out a massive loan. I could have taken out a $50,000 business loan and you know what I mean? Had this big place and you know what I mean? But like, damn, you know what I mean? And I was worried about the scary. overhead. It's scary. Yeah. That's, that's the risk. I mean, you know, taking out loans is, you know, the whole credit system. And I feel like it's like, it's, it might be one of the things that like hurts more Americans than helps some Americans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use credit to help build, but you, you can also, you know, a thousand people that have crazy credit card debt because they don't know how to control themselves. But yeah. just having the option of having credit, I, I had that problem when I was um, 22, I went and got my first apartment and I was young and stupid. I needed, I needed stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So like yeah. you're at Walmart and you're like, Oh, a credit card, Walmart credit card. Put on the credit yeah. card. Literally. I, I got, it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, I got a credit card pre-approved, and I went and maxed it out right then and there. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I bought everything I needed for you know what I mean. And then you don't you don't think about because they don't teach you like interest rates and shit like that in high school. You know what yeah, I mean? They don't right. teach any of that kind of stuff. Like yeah, they, yeah. And uh, so I'm paying all this crazy interest, and little by little, like none of my principal is going down. And you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? right. And then like eventually, one time, my dad is like, "What the hell's wrong with you? This and this and that. Like you know what I mean? This is what you yeah. got to do. Like my dad gonna give me some advice." Papa Karam had to step in and show. Yeah, you yeah. Know. He's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" So. Um, you know, I mean, I got myself straight with the, as far as the credit goes, you know what I mean? And then since that day, once I realized you were like, I'm never falling into that trap. I was like, I, yeah, yeah. And then I rarely, um, took out any kind of like, you know, financial loans and stuff like that since then. So, um, have you figured out the number of members that you would need congruent members to officially go full time into the teaching biz? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No. Is that even something that like interests you? Uh, not really. That's part, that's part of the business aspect that I'm not very good at yet. Yeah. Is like, is like the numbers and crunching the numbers yeah. and you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not very good at that part yet. I, um, and right now I use a system, uh, Zen planner. It's, it's like, it's like a system online that kind of tracks all the numbers that you need. Yeah. So I'm slowly but surely kind of digging into the system yeah. and learning all these little things. Um, it's but, funny because each instructor that I've talked to, they always have different like points of view. Like when I talk to Ken, like just privately, Ken teaches at a school and he's like, nah, I don't want to just run Thai guy. He's like, yeah, nah, I, don't, I like having my side job. Awesome. And then there's some people like Ben who does that. Ben Deline just does it full right. time. That's right. his, that's where he devotes all his love and time to. Yep. And it, it's cool to see the two different business practices because they're both pretty successful. I mean, you yeah. can still run a good gym. 100%. Even if you have a side job, you absolutely, a hundred percent, absolutely, and, and and having people around you, you know, that helps too. Having also instructors and like that, and that's that's I think that's the big step that I'm gonna need to take in the next year or two is okay. So like you know, now do you want to? So this is this is something that John, the, the owner of Mall Valley Wellness, and I would call him a mentor. He's he's trying to you know help me you know learn the way he does it, which is smart. It's like now it's like okay. Do you want to build a business or do you want to build a job? You know what I mean? So a business is something that you can buy back your time with, mm -hmm. right? And that all comes into having the people around you that you could coach. You know what I mean? Okay, so now I don't have to be at the gym seven days a week teaching every class, being yeah. there all the time. You know what I mean? That You could do that, but for how long? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Are you going to get to the 15-year mark and still are you teaching every class? Right. You know what I mean? So um, – that's that that's the next step i think in being a business owner that okay like now now how can you still have a successful business and now get back your time to where you can spend your time with your family and your business still yeah. runs right. so that was on, on kind of the opposite of how my father was you know i i was raised by my father because my father was a immigrant to america you know and i mean so he came to america in his late 20s i think maybe early 30s and he worked his ass off every day every day 40 years he ran a restaurant and he was there every day. You know, Dude, what I mean? I'm telling you that immigrant mentality is something different. And it helped, you know, it helped build good work ethic in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. No doubt. Yeah. But I also know that now he missed a lot of things 
of us growing up. You know, he had six boys. I had five brothers. So we had so much things going on that he, he, he missed, you know what I mean? Right. And right. he's starting to see it a lot more now, clearly now that I have a son yeah. and he's enjoying these little moments that he may have missed when I was you right. know, young, you know what I mean? And, right. and, and I, I love that my dad is now kind of on the retirement. Uh, you know, he's starting to shift towards retirement. Yeah. Now, anytime that you know he has a chance, he can come see my son. He can be with him, and it's just, yeah. it just fills my heart. It really does. I know. I know. It's it's really cool. It's nice to see, especially man. The my grandfather came from Portugal, and it was the same thing. Like he came to Portugal literally to escape the uh, the president at the time of Portugal. I, I don't even think it was a president. I think it was a self elected gross yeah, official. But it was yeah. just before the revolution happened, and and that's when my grandfather he came to America built caskets lived in a guy's basement for two years sent money to my grandmother and my mom in portugal until they were able to afford a plane ticket over here but that mentality where they're just constantly working so hard and food service and carpentry there's a craft to that it's almost like like it's a proud craftsmanship that I don't know your dad very well, but I know my grandfather and he wouldn't want somebody else working on yeah. one of his caskets because it's, he wants it to be exactly. his, his thing. Oh, I think I lost you. You just called me. I apologize. Oh, there you go. You're good. No worries. Um, put my phone on airplane mode. No, you're good. Um, uh, so yeah, that, and that became difficult for my, and again, this is where I'm starting to learn. It became difficult for my, for my father to even, when it came time for me at one point in my life to want to run the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, it was just so ingrained in him that it was even hard for him to let me, you know what I mean? You know, he did it. Okay. Like he, he was starting to walk away a little bit and then, but there would be like something just pulling him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? No, no I gotta be there. You know, and luckily you I got to the point. The business? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I got to the point where I was running the business. Um, you know, you know, for the most part, every, every day, like I became him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Enough to where he could go uh, to vi- visit you know, Lebanon for a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but you know what I mean? It's, working for family is tough. Yeah. 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 So it changes really quickly. And then around the same time as when I, I started doing jujitsu more, I kind of became really passionate at jujitsu. I lost a little bit of passion for working in the restaurant business. You know what I mean? It was, so it was kind of, that it was, did, yeah, right? it was a little, it was a little shift in my passion that I kind of felt like, you know what I mean? Maybe this isn't what I want to do the rest of my life. I don't want to run a restaurant for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it kind of was part of me walking away from the restaurant entirely. But um, yeah, we got part, back to that. Part of being a business owner is also like looking forward into the next five, 10 years. What do you, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? What do you see your business looking like in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, so um, in the next five years, for sure, I, I figured five years is a good a good uh, goal to shoot for. Um, I, I definitely want to start adding. Um, like, there's a lot of things that I haven't done yet that I love to. I still want to add some sort of a kickboxing program. I still want to have a youth program. Like, there's there's so many other things that I haven't really even touched on to yet um, that I can start to expand. As far as like, you know, do I see myself having um, my own facility somewhere? You know what I mean? As far as expansion and growth. I don't know. At this point right now, I really love the facility that I'm in. Yeah. The facility is built around just health and wellness and the, the, the amount of people that I, that I can, you know, that I can draw from. And, and just the, when you walk in the gym, even if there's not a jiu-jitsu class going in, there's an energy in that facility that is just hundred percent positive. Everybody's looking to help not only themselves get better, but they're looking for their, their person next to them to, for, to get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the, the culture that I'm trying to develop in my jujitsu school is like, you know what I mean? You know, I don't want to, I don't want, but like they look, it's funny you know, when I first started, you know, maybe I was like blue belt level. You see the person walking in the door is like, oh, fresh meat. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, as you get older, you start seeing stupid. But, but yeah. like, I'm trying to create a um, a culture and an environment where the student that's a blue belt looks at the person walking the doors. Hey, let me see if I can get that guy good at jujitsu. Culture is a hard one to cultivate. That's it a hard is. one it to is. to it really is. build yourself. That's it, with you focusing on on like shifting that perspective, like. What it what what steps have you made to try to enforce that? Um, I usually like uh, with my system when somebody wants to try a free class, they will usually like register the class ahead. 
So I expect mm-hmm. I expect a new person. So I'm not just like a storefront where somebody can just walk in at any time. So it's like yeah. we're, we're I'm there when the class starts and then I'm gone when the class is not going. So, yeah. you know what I mean? You're not going to just walk in the door. You've got to set up an appointment. Yeah, so set up an appointment. So I know when the person's trying out their class for the first time. So I'll just kind of let my guys know, hey, guys, you know, we got a new student coming in. Make sure they feel welcome. You know what I mean? Help them out. You know what I mean? You know, you know. So I'm just trying to just little by little, just little things like that. It's just a simple ask. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? It's just a simple ask by your instructor to say, hey, we got a new person coming in. Uh, make sure you introduce yourself. You know, make sure you make them feel welcome. You know what I mean? And then uh, even when it comes time to the rolling, you know what I mean? I can ask, you know, hey, hey, John, can you, uh, you know, roll with, the, you know, Mark, you know, kind of show him around, you know, teach him kind of what's going on. So I, yeah. try, I try to start the environment off their first roll um with that kind of feeling so now they know that hey my first day this guy kind of helped me show me the ropes and he didn't just like plow me through you know what i mean like you yeah, know what right, i mean right. You're like oh, i'm gonna attack this guy eight times and then yeah guess what that guy might not come back now you know what i mean yeah. that's that is part of the you know the the, the hammer and nail uh you know equation jiu-jitsu like yeah you yeah. gotta just go through those hard times yeah you do but but you can kind of build people up you know what i mean yeah. you know what i mean their first day you don't, you don't, you don't have to like smash somebody. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Right. Right. It, it doesn't, it, 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 go ahead. Just, I was just gonna say, it's like a balancing act really. It, yeah. It doesn't make you, and this is what I've realized as I started to get better. It doesn't, you know, if somebody comes in the first day and I submit them five times. Does that make me any better? Is it, it doesn't, does it make me, is it improving my jujitsu at all? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it, you know what I mean? So you can debate if you want, but I like I know that. For I like sure. that train of thought. I, yeah, I, I I know for sure if I tap that person five times in the first round, their train of thought might be shit. I don't know if I want to do this again. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and right. again, that that could be fine. That could be the culture that you want to develop. It's the the survival. Of the, you know what I mean? Only the toughest guys right. are going to train here. You know, so if you right, can't right. handle getting smashed on your day one, then yeah, go train somewhere. Yeah. Fine. Again, everybody's own culture and everybody's own men- mindset. And, and I'm not particularly saying this is somebody's mindset. This is what it does. But, um, sure. you know what I mean? But it's all about just, the approach and like, yeah. like making the culture. I've always, I've always thought like sometimes it's a little out of the business owner's hands, but sometimes be, in the control, like you are like mediating things like that, like yeah. making sure that black belt Mike takes care of the white belt sure. bill that walks into the mat, you know, yep. who, has to take his socks off and is yeah. now close to uh-huh. close with you and can smell your breath. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you could do things like that that will help with culture, yes. but like yeah. creating culture is always something that's really interested in me because it's like, it's like, how do you do something like that? How yeah. can you control aspects of, of that? Yeah. And I know, I think that's maybe part of nature, but as time goes, you probably have less and less control of it as your, right. as your student base grows as you want more people to start teaching a class that you're not going to be there, is that culture still going to continue? Does it yeah. slowly start to shift? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know what I mean? What's the, the you know, you, you, you got two parallel lines and you change one parallel line, a half a degree, yep. you know, after so, after so many distances, it becomes yep. this far apart now. Right. Yep. Um, so I, I'm sure, cool. I'm sure at some point it's going to be out of my control, uh, but not today. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, no, that's, that's just the way I'm looking that's at really it. cool, especially um, like building and starting your own gym. That must have been such a like crazy, nervous adventure. Have yeah. you uh, do you have like a mentor that you bounce stuff off? It sounds like that guy that owns the gym is yeah. is a mentor. Yeah, John. Um, John for sure is a mentor. Um, he said the way he's grown his business over his, you know, he's had his business since 2010. Um, you know what I mean? If I could, you know, focus on that same kind of model, you know what I mean? Uh, is there any other martial arts like instructor slash gym owners in the area that you look up to or kind of Uh, ideas uh, off of of course i I don't really bounce too many ideas off of anybody um you know with respect to to len since we're you know not right next to each other but he's in new hartford i'm in marcy anytime i do something i i have at least since day one just kind of reached out to him and just let him know hey man this is what i'm kind of planning on doing you know what i mean that i have a seminar coming up uh, september 3rd and I just kind of reached out to him and, you know, I was like, Hey, do you have anything planned as far as seminars going around that time? You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. as, as a, you know what I mean? Just so it, maybe if he had something going on that exact same week, maybe I would push it a week forward or back just yeah, so that, way it wasn't you know what I mean? Time. That way it's like, nobody's going to do two seminars in a row. Probably not. You know what I mean? So, yeah, right. 
Um, yeah, but not not too not too much. Aside from John, um, I bounce ideas off of him. Um, me and Ben still talk. You know, I, I'm trying to do my very best at um, keeping cool in, with everybody in, in my what has become jujitsu community over the last 12 years. You know, so yeah. I got I have a relationship with all the guys at Taikai. Ben, back, you know what I mean? Ben was there. Uh, Dennis, everybody, you know, Chris Roach. Like I said, I, I, I literally, since probably I was a white belt, I remember, you know, how you go on memories on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it'll be like, you know, I'll see a post from 2010, and you know, maybe like me six months into training. Hey, thanks, guys, at Taikai for having me. Uh, you know, it was awesome working with Dennis. And you know, right. I, So I feel like, really, I feel like Taikai was part of me when I was in at Dojo one, you know what I mean? And, and I oh, still feel, yeah, yeah. I still feel the lineage. I, I still feel it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Regardless of what everything is going on, you, you can't, you can't change your lineage. You, you were training yeah, under right. these people. You can, you know, you know, you can change affiliations, you know, all you want, but well, you you're the person that gave, link from me. Yeah. The yeah. person that taught you is the person that taught you that you, 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 know, you want to straight up and lie and say, yeah, no, he was never my instructor. That's fine. But <laughs> no, that's bullshit. Yeah. Len, Len is by Len was my instructor from day one. I've I gotten a lot of influence from from uh, from Ken, from Chris, from Dennis, from Joe Roach. You know what I mean? Yeah. All these guys have helped mold me. Um, you know, rolling with Joe Roach helped a lot because his game was like identical to mine. He played right. a, a lot he's of he's my fan, size. Right? He had a lot of hooks. He played a lot of like butterfly hooks. You know, yeah. Dennis the same way. You know, so like I'm fortunate, and I want to try my best to stay cool with everybody. Uh, yeah. During this transition of where a lot of jujitsu schools are opening, right? It, it, right. It, it, I mean, it, but but we're all different. The, the only thing it, is, like, when people talk about the the amount of schools that are opening recently, it's like, yeah. yeah, but that's good because they all have like they all got different styles, you know. Exactly. Like, um, like Ben's really big and heavy into competing. That's awesome. Yeah. And so is Sam's school. Sam's pretty big into competing, yeah. but Sam, who is better at nogi than Sam? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's who's he coming? He, he's doing. Right? He's doing my seminar on September third. Oh, having, that's awesome! Yeah. Yeah. There so you, you know what I mean? And I'm not well versed in leg locks. Like I've learned leg locks. You know what I mean, especially Len came from a lot of catch wrestling, so we, we learned leg locks, but not super deep. Not to like, the yeah. extent that. Not to super deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam doing all the training know. with with Donahue going down there all the time. You know what I mean? Training with those guys. Like he he's got he understands the system, yeah. and so it's like as a black belt now, I don't have time to constantly go train. With you know, go train here, go train there, because I want to bring them to you. So right? now, now my you know my goal or my outlook is that now, okay, now I'm gonna start bringing people to me that you know can teach me things that maybe I'm missing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just you know, just spitting off things like, okay, like I know uh, I don't play Sparta Guard very much. You know, I'm, that was I'm, gonna be I'm, one of the questions I asked was like, how do you now learn yeah. more now that you're teaching yeah. so much? And that yeah. answers it. So like. Um, I mean, I know uh, guys like you know, Dennis, you know what I mean? He's, you know, he plays spider guard, you know what I mean? So I'm sure he has a wealth of knowledge of spider guard. I um, can't remember, but um, Matt Martindale down in Oneonta. Oh, yeah, I yeah. remember if he, he played a lot of spider guard. I mean, it's still been so long since I haven't talked to Matt in a very long time. Last time I saw yeah. Matt was at his black belt. And him and I aren't, like, super close either. Yeah. I've just been like, hey, congratulations. See yeah. you later. All right, yeah. That's no problem. So like I said, I'm, I'm going to find these people that maybe, you know, have a good – a grasp of something that I don't know and let me see if I can bring them in for a seminar and I can learn, right. um, you know, so. do you have any jujitsu instructors that you look up to that maybe you emulate like their teaching style or the way they approach things? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I follow a lot of jujitsu instructors online because that also helps. We're lucky enough to, to have a good resource on YouTube. I mean, say what you want about YouTube, but when you get to a certain level of jujitsu, you can watch yeah, it. You can watch a YouTube video and you can learn a, a yeah, move. Yeah. I, I I remember specifically um, one of Marcelo's black belts. Um, his his main black belt that he does some instructions with uh, Paul Schreiner. I remember vividly watching a video of a Paul Schreiner arm lock, and literally the next day I started doing it and, and I implemented it right into my game. Oh, you know wow. I mean? It's a sneaky yeah, yeah. little, it's a sneaky little shotgun arm bar from kind of a north south position, um, and I remember, you know, I mean, I was probably a purple belt or something like that at that point. Um, I I watched this video on YouTube, and um, you know, I learned it. So listen, we're lucky enough to now in our day and age to have that kind of resource. You know, mm-hmm. back ten years ago, it was you got to buy their DVD, and then oh, and then yeah, ten yeah. years, and then ten years before well, that, that was you got to buy you got to buy the book. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, probably 1999 or whatever, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this guy's book. And that's like, I've never been that kind of a, a learner. Um, Dude, look at this one, right? BJ oh, Penn, nice. Mixed Martial Arts. I got nice. it sitting right here because with this – no, there was like no video YouTube. Yeah, popular yeah, yeah. Back then, you know exactly. I mean? Yep. See, that is I. I can't learn that way, unfortunately. I'm not very good at reading comprehension. I gotta see it. I gotta see it. <laughs> I gotta see it. Like you know, I'll have, to, I'll have to read the paragraph three times before I really grasp what he's trying to do. It's like like building anything is a nightmare for me. Especially it's like, when it's a book, <laughs> like when it's a book, and I don't yeah. see the technique in front of me. Exactly. I gotta watch a YouTube video like yeah, yeah. four or five we're, times. We're fortunate enough to have that, so you know, I take advantage of it. So, um, but you know, I mean, I don't go crazy trying to to say that I'm I'm I know all these techniques. You know what I mean? A lot of times, I'll still need a refresher because yeah. as you start doing jujitsu so long, like you really only do a few things. Your game, you know what I mean? Your core game doesn't become. Spider Guard and X Guard and uh, and right. Delahiva and you, know, you find your niche and then you know you have a small game like me I'm a, I'm a big Butterfly Guard X Guard player you know yeah. I mean that's my I'm I'm all about hooks you know, anytime I can find a hook inside of somebody's knee I'm I'm you know gonna play that I'm so, in there, yeah. again yeah so I, I play a lot of X Guard I play a lot of Butterfly Guard um so is it is it that's my goal now is to try to continue to learn is bring people in that. I know no more than me about a certain topic. Right, right. When you are creating uh, like your class plans, are they all linked together or are they like, today we'll talk about the arm bar, I think tomorrow we'll go over trying. Uh, yeah, so my my first, the first year I tried to create or put together, so to speak, a little bit of a curriculum mm. where it was mainly focused on self-defense stuff, stuff that I've learned. Uh, some stuff that I've taken offline, you know what I mean? Some things that, okay, you know, very similar to a a combatives program, right? So self-defense was mainly my main concern when we first started. So July, July 20th of 2020 is where I had uh, my first class. And, you know, and we started right from the ground up. I mean, I started with, okay, what are are we going to learn on day one? What, if you had to teach somebody jujitsu, what's day one, what are you going to teach them? Off the top of my head is like oompa in just position. Yeah, like okay. Aside from uh, just uh, solo drills, yeah. like you know, you teach somebody the shrimp, you know, you teach somebody the oompa just by itself, but yeah. uh, an actual technique where somebody's on top of them. You know what I mean? Generally, I think of like worst case scenarios. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So okay, you could do, you could start off with distance management from the feet. You know, that could be your first. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Understanding yeah. how to make space when they come forward. When they come forward, you crash, you you clinch. You know what I mean? You could teach people that. Sorry, people are sending me shit. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I started off, okay, what's the worst case scenario that somebody should learn on day one? You know, mountain escapes, you know, trap mm-hmm. and roll escape, you know, bridge escape. You know what I mean? So I started from there, and then and it was just kind of a little bit of a build. Okay, what, what do I think would probably be the next one? Okay, side control. Okay, that's probably the next maybe worst case scenario. Okay, let's learn how to escape side control. Um, so it just took time. You know, this is what I did during kind of COVID was, you know what I mean? It took some time. And I was just kind of mapping out what I thought were really, really important techniques. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's in it. COVID knowing that you wanted to start that business. Well, it's always been really something that, that, yeah, right. it's always been something that I, like I said, dreamed of. And when we, started do, when, we, when we started doing these little semi-private lessons, when things kind of started to open up, um, maybe it was like, maybe like, uh, seven months or so, like after things, I, I got married, uh, August of 2020. So I got mm-hmm. married August. 2000. I was probably planning this uh, a month or two before that. So about oh, wow. five months into COVID once summer hit and the numbers yeah. were starting to kind of track down. Yeah. Kind of things are starting to happen again. Things yeah. are starting to be opened up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like right at that moment where he asked me about doing some semi-privates. And then that's kind of when I started to like have a little like something in my head, like, you know, yeah. what, this could become, this could become a business. This could become something that I want to do. Maybe, maybe I didn't see it as a business right there, but I said, it's like, Hey, this is kind of working baby steps towards what I want. Right. So it wasn't like day one, I have this huge, beautiful facility where I have 1200 square. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. I started, I started off with literally buying um, a four by eight gymnastics mats, you know, oh, those yeah. ones that fold up into three. Yeah, you know, like they're soft. So I bought like from Amazon. I bought like five hundred bucks worth of those gymnastics mats. We maybe had three hundred square feet. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then after we did that for a, a, a few weeks, 
You know what I mean? I would build up a little bit of a, you know, I would spend a little bit more, obviously, and I would get like another couple hundred square feet. Okay, so now we got 500 square feet. And then, you know, just little by little, I started kind of adding to the, the the square footage of my space, you know, and then, right. okay, these are these mats are starting to rip, you know what I mean? So now, okay, so this is when I, this is when I put my biggest expense forward. You know, I, I went into my pocket, you know, I, I took my savings and I bought, you know, maybe 700 800 square feet of mats from like Dolomer. I think it was yeah. Dolomer. So, so I put my order in, waited for the mats to come up. And then again, just, just continued to slowly. That's where I started. I started on when I had my first class, July uh, 20th, 2021. Um, I had 800 square feet of mats and that was it. Wow. No, no wall mats. No, you know yeah. what I mean? Not, not, no more than that. So that's what I started with. And then I would, like I said, I would do the class, break it down after I mopped them folded them up because that area was still kind of still being used. Um, right. So, and then just a little, little by time, little by little, little by little, I got more mat space. My, my, my mat space became permanent. So I didn't have to keep, uh, you know, breaking it down. And then once I, you know, kind of had the business running for a little, almost a year, I invested almost every penny that I made during this whole year of having the business. I invested it back into the yeah. business because I, I still had my full-time job. So I was still making right. the same amount of money. I was yeah. just putting a little bit more effort into into um uh, my life. So after the business, right. so every almost every penny, I, I even paid myself a penny into my my personal account. This, <laughs> yeah. I haven't paid myself a penny. I've invested every penny that I've made back yeah. into the school, whether it be more equipment, uh, the wall mats, making it feel more like a school of decals and yeah. and marketing. You know what I mean? So, um, but uh, yeah. So you know, it's really now, cool. Not, to see. Now, to see you running your own place now. I love, I Thanks, love seeing that. I appreciate it. It's, it's awesome. When we were training, I always, uh, you had gone way farther on the jujitsu path and I was just more Thai. So it was yeah. like, I always got to just be not trying to like blow smoke up your ass, but I looked up to you because of your that. style and because we were so that, similar, you know, I appreciate and body that, type. So it's like, it's really cool to see how much of a killer you are on the mats and now to see you like flourishing, like flourishing in like an, a, in a teaching position. It's really, I cool appreciate that, man. And man, you dude, who does more stuff than you? Like, I know, I'm all over dude, you're, you're in everything, man. I'm like, all over you're podcasting, you're real in there. You're, you know, yeah. Muay Thai instructor. You still do jiu-jitsu. Man. It's awesome, man. And and that's, that's great, man. That's being well-rounded, being well-versed. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. I was, really I was, I, like what it is. It's uh severe ADHD <laughs> that I just, siphon into different hobbies yeah luckily i don't think i have adhd that's why i'm like i'm just like jujitsu family and that's about it yeah. like, i don't really i don't have too many i don't have too many you know crazy hobbies i i start dabbling in things but i never stick with too many things other than jujitsu that's been the one thing yeah. that's been a constant in my life it's just like you know i would get it's into mountain that, biking right? Jiu-jitsu yeah, is yeah. the one constant in your life. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, every every year I get into something. Like one year I got into road biking, and then like kind of like yeah, I, I didn't do it that much. Then I got into mountain biking, and then it's like yeah, I didn't do it. That much. You know what I mean? It's like you know. So now I'm I'm pretty much stopped as far as those extracurriculars. Like because I'm like I'm gonna keep yeah. investing money into stuff and do it for a year, and it's like right. yeah, until I find now, something that I really love doing. I feel like I have two more questions. One okay. would be somebody who's looking to get good at jujitsu, there's, there's not really a magic number, but how many days a week do you think they really have to devote or how much time do they really have to devote every week to their training? Yeah. Um, the sweet spot I would say is three days, three days, the sweet spot, like anything, the more you do it, of course, there's going to become diminishing returns. Okay. Right. And, and how old you are can vary on that. Okay. If you're 22 years old and you want to do jujitsu six days a week, go for it. You know what I mean? If you got the energy, yeah, you remember being 22, you got the energy that I was 24 when I started. I remember I could do jujitsu six days a week and I was good. No problem. And I was doing CrossFit. You know what I mean? It was like, I was good as far as, you know, energy goes. And so as you get older, you're, you know, that can change maybe twice a week. That's how it is. Dude, that's exactly for me. Right. Like when I first started, uh, 2009 with Dennis, it was Monday wednesday fridays saturdays it was always and then some days i would do tuesday or thursday now i can get to the gym like twice a week because we got twice a week but like twice a week if i can do twice a week one day is a in class i told Brittany, i was like we can balance it so i can at least go to one class 
Yeah. And if you could at least, if we can at least work out going to Shark Tank, Shark Tank that's yeah. super important to me because Huge. I felt like Huge. if I'm going to be missing class, then I need to be getting my ass beat at least yeah. in another Powerful. class. Huge. You know? Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. One one day a week, two days a week. Once you get to a certain level, obviously, and depending on your goals, like if you're yeah, 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 if you're right. a purple belt and you want to be a purple belt world champion, you better be on the mat every freaking day. As Sip, much as you can possibly, unless you're unless you're hurt or injured or something like that. Okay, I'll give you five days a week, but on day six and seven, you better be doing something else that's gonna help you become a jujitsu world champion. Right, and it's it's your time off the mat that I think is is not as important, obviously, but there is something to time off but the mat, important. mental reps, right? Yeah. Studying, you know, there's people that write down notes. You know, I know yeah. Kevin Steeman. I'm the dude. Like the guy probably has notes from like 1986. Yeah, somewhere. Like yeah, that guy yeah. is the embodiment of a martial artist. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That guy is, if, if, I, if I had to pick somebody to say, Hey man, that that's, if I could be that guy at, you know, however I leave 70, like he's like 68 years old. Like it's crazy. Yeah, You're like, it's God, crazy. I, mean, I hope I can yeah. move like that. Yeah. I'm rolling with him in shark tank. You know what I mean? Whatever year it was. And I'm like, you know I mean? God bless <laughs> you, dude. You're fucking, you're awesome. You know what I mean? Right, he's, right. he's, he's, he's a, he's a great guy, man. I miss, yeah, I miss yeah, Kevin. Sure. I, I, I enjoy training with Kevin. He's a, he's a yeah, great yeah. dude. I miss I, I miss Muay Thai, man. I, I miss kickboxing. I haven't done striking since I was fighting. Yeah, it's been a and, while. And it's been a while, man. And, and I think the one thing that I can I can draw from why I I got frustrated with kickboxing is that I can never find a good pad holder for a southpaw. Oh yeah, that's that's tough. Right, right. Tough. Like when you're when you're doing a kickboxing class with a regular group of people, good luck with finding a decent pad holder. And then and now, good luck finding a decent pad holder that can hold you for southpaw. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a southpaw. They say everybody tells me, "Oh, just switch your stance." Why? Why? I'm a southpaw. I want to fight I a southpaw. I don't want to switch my stance. I yeah. want to be a better southpaw fighter. So I maybe I, it should have been better for me to, to find somewhere where they had a, a better striking program that I could get some, you know, get some guys that could hold for me. So yeah. That was, I think, the biggest frustration was. Um, not having good enough pad holders, but that's not a very good excuse. Well, next time I so. see you, I'll bring uh, tie pads and I'll hold for awesome. you. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's a, like towards the end of October, you know, mid mid fall or something like that, late fall. That's when I want to start. Just just kind of just kind of trying to get back into starting a kickboxing program because I, yeah. I love kickboxing. I love teaching it. Um, the workout is great. It's yeah, a different it's workout. Favorite. It's a different workout than jujitsu. You know what I mean? You feel so a lot more much different. The you feel like lighter on your feet when you're done. Your your uh, you know your hips become you know a little bit you know more dexterity with your hips. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just different, but um, yep. I miss it. So that's why, yeah. that's my next, um, addition to my program would be adding kickboxing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I had one more. Oh, okay. Here's I'll, we'll end on this question. I think this will be a cool. good one. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give anybody who's doing jujitsu right now? It's very broad. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's very broad, right? So like, like I said before, like it depends on obviously where you are in your jujitsu journey. Um, so if you're just starting off jujitsu, man, um, I think at this point, uh, you're not going to find any bad jujitsu schools, right? You know what I mean? That's everybody's opinion, but you know, if you go to any jujitsu school that's in the area, you're going to get a decent instructor. You're going to get somebody that, you know, knows how to teach jujitsu. Biggest thing is, is you got to just like the people that you're around. Cause like I said before, if you're, if you don't become gung ho with jujitsu on day one, if you don't become hard, like. Like, I love this. I can't wait to do it. The people around you are going to be the people that keep you coming back. So if right. you can find that community, like I talked about before, if you can enjoy the people that you're training with, um, that's going to be one of your one of your uh, biggest factors. That and uh, just the proximity of the school, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can drive 45 minutes and train with that school. But you got a decent jiu-jitsu school that's 10 minutes away from your house. You know what I mean? You know what right. I mean, time is so freaking precious, man. It's yeah. like you know, especially forty-five minutes. That's an hour and a half of your day yeah. eating up. Exactly. You know what I mean? And especially if you want to become a family person, you know, you want to be able to have time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you want to take three and a half hours out of every day to between the drive, the training, the cool down, the the shooting the shit after class, because you know it yep. always happens. You know what I mean? Yep. And then the drive back home, you you know you got you got three and a half hours that you're putting into something. So, yeah. um, um. Just love the people that you're around. Um, uh, focus on when you're off the mat, still thinking about jujitsu. That was like that was like one thing that we were was talking about earlier. The time off the mat, thinking about jujitsu, um, because if you always have that eureka moment. Like you know, you 
on the way home from jujitsu training, I remembered the escape to the something that I got caught yeah. with in that class. You know what I mean? So yep. there, there, there's always that. There's always that. Like you know, you're always, you're always thinking about jujitsu, but like yeah. you know, my wife yells at me because she'll she'll catch me you know, staring off into space. And she'll be like, "What are you thinking about?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's just jujitsu." I'm <laughs> trying to think of how Dennis caught me. Uh, in like, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'll just be thinking about, hey, I, you know, I'm teaching this technique this week, and I haven't taught this technique in three years. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as an instructor you know, you, you're not going to teach the same technique every single day. You know, eventually there's going to come a, there's so much to do that eventually there's going to be, you know, a, a, at least a year before you teach that, that move again. You're like, okay, how do I teach it? How, you know, what are the little details? And that's probably the hardest part about being, you know, you can do the move when you're rolling, you could hit an arm bar rolling, but what are the details that are going to help somebody that doesn't know what an arm bar is, help them yeah. understand what the arm bar is. Right. Um, so that's the that's the hardest thing about being an instructor because you know you got black belts that are great black belts, but they're not great instructors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You got guys that are not black belts, but can teach you an armbar better than you know some black belts. I'm sure. Anybody? You know yeah. I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So you know, and as jujitsu is is the size it is now, you know, the concept of the belt color, the you know the color of your belt doesn't matter. It, it becomes more and more true, I think, as jujitsu grows and spreads. Yeah. And, and as, as it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you got yeah. freaking killers now. They're 19 years yeah. old. Yeah, Absolute exactly. murderers. Yep. It's yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, they're like, oh, right. Because jiu-jitsu, you can't get a, you can't get a blue belt. My purple belt were treasured as gods. Yeah. You know, and as smart the jiu-jitsu, like, you know, you can only, you have to be so old to get a black belt. I think that's smart. I think that's a yeah. smart thing that, you know what I mean? You know, but even then, like, you still got these 15-year-olds. Yeah, that are just absolute killers. You know what I mean? They just might not be killers. able to get their black belt yet, but they are creeping close. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's the the, the belt doesn't matter kind of yeah. concept. Is that like you don't know who you're rolling with, and you know, especially Noki. Yeah. But I love jujitsu, man, and um, and it's something that I easily could see, you know, for the rest of my life doing. You know what I mean, in one in one aspect or another, if it's you know always training or always coaching or or competing again, which I hope to do. Um, I'm just trying to get my feet, you know, settled into this whole business thing. Cause yeah. it, it, that's, a, that's another thing. Like, you know, everybody asks me like, are you going to compete? You know, we got, there's a tournament coming, but you're going to compete. And, and, you know, do I want to compete or do I want to to put that effort into my students competing? You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you're going to go to a tournament or, you know, and I'm going to call usually, you know, the higher level guys, they, sometimes they go last, but I would wish they would get the, get the, the, you don't know, the black belts done or over with that way they can coach their students because I know, when I've gone to competitions and I've competed, when I would coach the whole day and then go to compete at the end, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I'm exhausted. My my you know, my my adrenaline's going up and going down and going up and going down before and after every match. It's like shit. Now I gotta compete. You know what I mean? So right, right. Uh, yeah. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah, man. I, it was. This is great catching up with you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, you doing this. Dude. For sure, man. It's already been an hour. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Now, no, when no. I watch all these podcasts, I know what they're talking about when the time fucking flies. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, man, I appreciate you having me, man. When I ask really somebody to come on the podcast, I'm like, what do you do about an hour? And then sometimes I'll get like, what do you yeah. mean an hour? I'm like, it flies by really quick. Yeah, yeah. Once you, st- once you start talking, once you start talking, it's, it's, it's not, it's not. Man. Yeah. But I really appreciate you having me, man. Good luck yeah. with everything that you're doing, man. Best Thank of luck you. with the, the real estate, man, the Dungeons and Dragons, everything, dude. I'll have to, I'll have to come try it out one of these days. I've never played before, but, you know, it might be my next jujitsu. Yeah, dude. Next. You know it. I'm down, dude. We'll I was big into magic play. when I was younger. Maybe, I don't know if it's akin to magic, but Ooh, there you I, go. Played, I played magic when I was younger, but for oh, another, for another podcast. Yeah, another one. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. Be good.